They've asked the Fredericksburg Independent School District to ban 47 books from its library shelves. And they are calling anyone who opposes them um, perverts and groomers. And they're saying anyone who wants these 47 books in the library shelves is complicit with children having access to pornography and sexually explicit books. So what they're doing is taking one to two pages, oftentimes one to two paragraphs from the entire book and reading them aloud just for shock value. And they are not reading the entire book or they are not even understanding the theme or message of the book. You are tuning into Latino Politics and News with Tony Diaz on 90.1 FM, KPFT, Houston, Texas. The era of Hispandering is over. Hello, everybody, somewhere in Texas and the United States. You're experiencing a Nuestra Palabra multi-platform broadcast. This is Tony Diaz, the Libre Traficante. I'm going to take a little while to introduce the show because this is special. Last week, we had the Libre Traficante caravan of banned books to Austin, Texas. That united folks from Houston, which is where the Libre Traficantes were founded, with our allies and familia in San Antonio, where I was again last night at the Latino Bookstore for their first Friday reading series. It's called the Texas Author Series. You know what? It's about an hour and 15 minutes away from here. So I really want to stress that we are uniting these major Texas cities and forces because, of course, Roxana is on air behind the scenes. Roxana, say hi if you can. Uh, <laughs> I put her on the spot. How are Hello, you, Roxana? Hi. Hey, thank you so much for setting up this awesome multi-platform broadcast. But I want to let folks know and stress that. So you're there in Houston, right? Yes, I'm in Houston. So that is the headquarters of Libro Traficantes en Nuestra Palabra. So Houston in the house. And I was there just the day before back home. However, last night I was in San Antonio with the awesome lineup of poets at Mouthfield Press at the Latino Bookstore in San Antonio, Texas, which is part of the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center complex. So that's a First Friday readings every First Friday of the month. I'm really proud to be the literary curator there. So that's awesome that that was there. And then right now, I just drove the hour and 15 minutes because I'm like, you know what? This is not a one-shot deal. We are loving our Libre Traficante Underground Library in Austin. So we'll talk a little bit about the awesome events that went down last week. We had buses coming in from San Antonio and Houston. But I am at La Peña Cultural Center. In a little bit, I might go outside to get a shot so that you are used to the view from the outside because Austin's getting so gentrified, you might drive by and this might just be a blip on your scooter. There's all those scooters here. <laughs> or it might be um, a red light on your way to the Capitol or to the restaurants here. But this is important history that now houses our Libre Traficante Underground Library. We're going to talk to one of the sisters who are the proprietors of it. They are amazing Chicanas. They've been named 
Chicana icons of Austin, Texas. And what I love is, look at that. That is just some of the payload of contraband pros that now has a home right here leading up to the Capitol. So look at all those beautiful books, our terms on our terms. We also have a whole art gallery. This is a real wonderful experience of Latino, Chicano, Mexican-American art. You can just come here and chill, get some coffee. And also we're meeting new friends. So we're going to be talking to Christine Granados from Fredericksburg, Texas, because next Saturday at this time, this live broadcast will take place in Fredericksburg, Texas, because they're banning books there. We're going to open a Libro Traficante underground library in Fredericksburg, Texas. So we're uniting another Texas spot. Take this for one-shot deals. We're going to make sure that just the same way I was able to drive down from Houston to San Antonio, here I am in Austin. We did this last week. Get used to it. This is also going to be a spot where the Austin chapter of Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, going to have some amazing readings. So expect awesome readings that are going to travel from Houston to San Antonio to Austin, and we got new friends in Fredericksburg. I'm going to call up Christine Granados, who's joining us from Fredericksburg, Texas. She's a dear friend. She's an awesome Chicano writer, educator, all-around great person. She's going to fill you in on what's going on in Fredericksburg. But again, I want to stress, we're celebrating all these cities uniting. Next week, me and the Libre Traficantes will be live in Fredericksburg for open mic. Come in, share your work, share your voice. We've already got donations of banned books, books that were banned in Arizona when the right-wing extremists banned Mexican-American studies there. But hey, we defeated that racist law. And we also have so many great friends. So hey, Christine, first of all, great Thanks. to see you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for everything that you're doing out there in Fredericksburg. Thanks for inviting me. And thanks for inviting me yesterday to the San Antonio Underground Bookstore there. That was great pretty event. fun, right? Yeah, it was. It was. I hadn't seen a lot of those poets in a while. I got to see Raquel Mejia, who I'd never seen before, and Liliana Valenzuela, and Vincent Cooper, who I invited to come up to Fredericksburg, and Carolina Monsivais. They're, they did a great job, all of them. That's right. Well, and you know what I love, too? You're kind of proof of how, how quick it is to make these drives, because you drove from Fredericksburg to San Antonio, you were there at the Latino bookstore. You hung out. Now you're back in Fredericksburg. And I, I followed you the day after, you know, and I really wish we had a whole show just to talk about all the roots you just mentioned. One of the, I'm going to mention three quick roots. Uh, so one, Carolina Monsevalles, PhD now. She's got several books out. She started at Nuestra Palabra. So I want you to know oh. that till, till next week, when in you're the thrilling paper. the young mm -hmm. people with those books, just like some of these books, you're exciting someone that's going to get their PhD, write their books, tell their stories, and impact the community. So that's one connection. Uh, the other connection, Liliana Valenzuela, she's just brilliant. She's translated some of the major Chicana, Chicano writers 
uh, of her of our time, great mm-hmm. poet in her own right. And then I think the the, the last thing I do want to mention is that uh, shout out to Sandra Cisneros. She was banned in Arizona ten years ago. She was involved in the movement back then. She made a really generous contribution to Libertad the Caravan this time around. So already yesterday we purchased some books at the Latino bookstore with her donation. So those are already going to be on their way to Fredericksburg. And hey, with all this amount of love and intelligence, we're going to have a lot of books there. So I'm going to throw it to you to tell people what it's about while I get set up and uh, enjoy a little bit of the Underground Library here. I'd love to tell everybody about what's happening here in Fredericksburg next Saturday. Well, um, first, let me, I'm going to start from the beginning. Fredericksburg is a small burg, a little town. It's got a population of 11,000 people. And it's a tourist destination because of all the wineries. And we're called the mini Napa Valley of Texas. And so we get a a million tourists a year. And a lot of people are moving into town. Unfortunately, it's also attracting extremists who want to help erode the separation of church and state. And one particular person has moved to town. She moved to town at the start of the school year, and she wants to replace secular law with her own biblical law. And she wants to ban books that she considers pornographic here in Fredericksburg. And the Fredericksburg Tea Party, which is a small extremist group here in Fredericksburg, has joined her bandwagon. And together, they've asked the Fredericksburg Independent School District to ban 47 books from its library shelves. And they are calling anyone who opposes them um, perverts and groomers. And they're saying anyone who wants these 47 books in the library shelves is complicit with children having access to pornography and sexually explicit books. So what they're doing is taking one to two pages, oftentimes one to two paragraphs from the entire book and reading them aloud just for shock value. And they are not reading the entire book or they are not even understanding the theme or message of the book. And they're loud and attention-seeking people and they enjoy bullying And these bullying methods are working because our Fredericksburg Independent School District has already banned 10 of the books on their list of 47. So I am part of a group of women who started People for Public Education in Fredericksburg. And we started this group because we saw that nobody was coming to the defense of our librarians or of our teachers in the school district and they were on their own being called groomers and perverts. And so part of how we're trying to help them is we're hosting a celebration of books this coming Saturday, May 14th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Because we wanted people in Fredericksburg to, the residents of Fredericksburg and anybody else who might wanna attend um, to be exposed to these books that the extremists are calling pornographic so that they can decide for themselves whether or not these books are indeed what they're saying they are. And because I know Tony Diaz from his experience fighting off extremist groups, 10 years ago, his Libro Libro Traficantes helped the Tucson United School District fight off challenges to Mexican-American studies programs. 
and they won. And so I enlisted his help. And he's coming out to Fredericksburg, bringing the Libro Traficante group and creating an underground library here in town at the Democratic headquarters. And so um, on Saturday, we're going to have Diana Lopez, who's a young adult writer. And I invited Vincent Cooper from San Antonio, whose poetry I really enjoyed last night. As well, the Los Tex Maniacs will be playing. Max Baca is an author himself, and he very graciously agreed to come and be part of this event because he believes in books and reading. There's a little bit of our flyer, and we also have a, a, a website all you have to do is click on that QR code and um, it'll take you right to our website and let you know who else will be there. And then Tony Diaz and the Libro Traficantes will be there. We also are going to have the San Antonio director of libraries, Ramiro Salazar, who's going to be talking about books and book bans. We're, we're going to have local authors. There are authors that are being added to the list daily. And I'm really happy about that. The Pen America is helping us. Sandra Cisneros has been wonderful at helping us trying to get uh, authors to come and read. The, the poets from Friday's event, which I attended, the, the Texas author series there at the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center in San Antonio, the publisher of Mouthfield Press, her name is um, Maria Miranda Maloney, who's in Huntsville. She started that press in 2009 in El Paso, Texas. She's going to try to make it down. So I'd like to invite everybody to come and be a part of the celebration. what you are uh, breaking down for us and let me remind folks of what we're doing so uh, you're experiencing a multi-platform broadcast of Nuestra Palabra Latino writers having their say I'm Tony Diaz El Libro Traficante you may be watching this in a Mexican American Studies course maybe we're banned again and this is in an underground library 10 years in the future or you might be experiencing this on social media, on all platforms of social media. The audio airs on Nuestra Palabra's radio show on 90.1 FM, KPFT's Houston Community Station. And of course, I got to remind dear listeners, don't forget that KPFT is listener sponsored. So if you can go to kpft.org and make a donation in the name of Nuestra Palabra, Latino Writers Heaven or Say, or Latino Politics and News. We'd really appreciate it. And maybe you're watching the video on fox26houston.com. The point is that we're going to get this information to you in every single way possible and the old-fashioned way in person. So right now, I'm actually in person at the Libro Traficante Underground Library in Austin, Texas. This was the result of the Libro Traficante Caravan of Bad Books last week that had people coming in in buses from San Antonio, Houston, teaming up with all the gente here in Austin. And 
we're going to talk to one of the Latina icons who is the proprietor for this place. Is one of two awesome Chicana sisters. But look at this. These are these are books that were donated. Uh, thank you to Sana Cisneros who helped us organize that. Uh, Tinteros uh, projects helped pay for the buses. Uh, Lulac statewide helped pay for the buses. Also, Jacqueline Garcia helped us pay for sandwiches were <laughs> on there. But you know, you mentioned a lot of things about how these books, how teachers need help, and uh, uh, we're gonna have uh, one of the sisters talk about some of the ways they work with the community. But uh, Christine, you're about to introduce one of our new friends, but really quick, Christine, tell me the population of Latino students in the public schools there in Fredericksburg. It's 52%. Now, I, I was shocked by that. And I'm used to hearing that Latinos are everywhere. I mean, I'm used to that. I mean, if I'm in Kansas, I'm like, no kidding. Okay, I didn't realize the school district there was about 52% Latino in the public schools. But I imagine the folks that are passing these laws banning books or that are arguing about getting these books out of classrooms, that's not 52% Latino population doing that, is it? It's not the parents of those kids, is it? No, it's not. It's a older Anglo conservative population that some of them don't have kids. Some of them haven't had kids in the school district, in this school district ever. And some of them, it's been maybe 20, 30 years since they've had children in the school district. Wow. And, and what I'd like to add is that this is really what's at stake is that some of the folks are putting the American dream through education at risk. And I say that personally because my folks were migrant workers. I'm the first of nine to graduate, um, to go to college. I'm the only male from my family of nine that went to high school, that finished high school first person to graduate from college. And none of them even imagined about getting a master of arts in education. And in one generation, my family's gone from picking crops on other people's farms where I have the blessing to represent our culture on a national scale. That's what they're putting in danger. to introduce one of the proprietors of this awesome place. Lydia is one of the two Chicanas who run this awesome spot, the Latina icons of Austin. Do me a favor, say hi and, and tell us a little about what you're doing with this underground library. Hi, we have set it up sort of like the bookshelf and they can come and browse and we set the little table basically so that they can read and decide if they're going to take it with them or come back and read. It's sort of isolated in the back with some art and it's at La Peña, which is the Latino arts organizations in the heart of the capital. <laughs> it's on Congress Avenue, 227 Congress Avenue. Cynthia, executive director, is not here at the moment, but she will be back. And we can uh, send messages or however else to assist through La Peña227 uh, at gmail.com. And you already mentioned that you're already thinking of ways to get some of the schools involved. Tell, right. tell folks a little bit about that. So Sanchez <laughs> Elementary just uh, got their building regentrified and they combine Mets and Sanchez together. So what we do annually is produce a art exhibit after their star tests and then get them to come and they bring their, I guess it's the choir, the wow. Sanchez uh, choir to 
So they sing for each other's one through five. Aww. They're going to add the sixth grade to it. So it's going to be uh, a, a larger school district, I mean, school enrollment. Wow. And so next year, it's interesting. Uh, our heart goes out to Susie, the principal, who endured the move to, to meds and combined both uh, elementary schools together, brought them back, and put Sanchez, which is George I. Sanchez's title to the elementary school, back together, and then now she's moving on to retire. So hopefully uh, one of our choices will be, uh, who she's mentored will be the principal to keep the, I guess the the kids love it. It's a new mm. school. It's their old school, but regentrified. It's not like thrown, uh, torn down and put back together. But I, I love one. This space is beautiful. So congratulations. Thanks. This is beautiful. When you walk in here, you feel the love. You've got art on the walls. Uh, you've got the books. Uh, you touch space with community. And I love that those students can have that experience. So thank you for doing yeah. that. And one of the the major artist that has exhibited before is Ana Salinas, and then she's a kindergarten teacher. So they do art from the beginning on. And so they get exposed to doing it um, all the time because you need both sides of your brain to be uh, achieving uh, the latitude of your imagination. I and love you it. You get it through books. I love it. And we're going we're to find out a little bit more about the plans you have here. Of course, this is also going to be a, a reading spot for the Austin chapter of Nuestra Palabra Latina, where having to say. But I want to—I want Christine to introduce our, our new friend, so we can uh, find out more about. I'd love the to introduce her. Well, welcome. Yeah. Well, in our in my um, travels or in this fight against banned books, I noticed that the county adjacent to Gillespie County, which is where Fredericksburg is, Llano County. They had been fighting book banning much longer than we had, and it's been more intense over there. And um, I'm going to introduce Suzette Baker, who was the former librarian of the Lano Library, and I want her to explain what's happened and why she's no longer the librarian there in Lano. And Suzette, oh. first, on behalf of our movement, which stretches across the Southwest, Thank you for standing up for freedom of speech, for what you do. We know that it's hard sometimes. You got to be brave to do it. But please know that your efforts do not go unrecognized and you are changing the world. Suzette, please tell us your story. Well, I am, was the head librarian in Kingsland Library, which was one of the, uh, one of the branches of the Lanham County Library System. And last year, uh, we had a group that started working to ban books in the library. And I began to speak out within the library system against the banning of the books, uh, explaining that it was censorship, explaining that um, what they were doing was illegal. Um, over and over again, I told my boss to talk to lawyers, talk to anybody to get help, and she refused. And eventually I was terminated for it, for disruptive behavior and bad attitude. And that happened in March of this year. They're working on a lawsuit now against the county that has been filed uh, to stop them from doing what they're doing. Um, we're hoping that it, it does work. This is one of the first public libraries to go 
under the hatchet of this group. And it's, it's difficult to look at the books that they're trying to take out of the library and knowing that the two of the books that they keep harping on and saying that we have in the library are Lawn Boy and Genderqueer. And those two books that they keep telling everybody that the library has, the library has physically never owned. So these people aren't even coming from any kind of basis of truth. They're not coming to the library. They're not looking at the books. They're speaking based on a fear that's created by a group working against library systems. And they're targeting us. Um, targeting the schools, targeting the public libraries for takeover. That's what it seems to me. Let, let me add something too for viewers. First of all, thank you so much for, for what you did, for taking that stand. And I want to tell people who are watching why that's so important. When right-wing extremists in Arizona banned Mexican-American studies, part of the evidence used to overturn that racist law, and I, I want to stress when I say racist law, that was not my opinion. That was what the Arizona Supreme Court ruled. They said that that law was discriminatory and it was implemented to gain politicians' power. So again, that's that's the legal, that's what legally was said. That is not my opinion. However, Dr. Nolan Cabrera created a, a, some research that proved beyond a reasonable doubt because Arizona hired lawyers to shoot holes in his evidence and they could not. His evidence proved, and we're going to put that on our website at librotraficante.com, and we'll share it next week as well. But that proved that the students who took Mexican-American studies, culturally relevant material, who read the books that the extremists thought were scary, those students excelled in school, not just in that class, in other classes, math, reading, etc. And I bring it up because, like you said, that is a Ph.D. analysis of findings from six years of students taking culture 11 courses, books that are powerful. You just mentioned that you've got people attacking books that are not even in your system, which means they didn't even read them. So again, we have evidence that these books help our youth succeed in school and folks are just operating out of fear. Uh, Suzette, why did you become a librarian? Did it hurt you when you lost your job? Did you love your job? I absolutely love my job. I still go to the library just because it is, it's, the library is a microcosm of the world. Everything exists in a library and every aspect of humanity should be represented in that library. And it's, it's just it's a magic place. I mean, everybody remembers the first time they get their library card. It is the most wonderful feeling in the world. It's like you have your ticket to the world. You have your ticket to all the knowledge. You have your ticket to everything. And nobody is supposed to be able to take that away from you ever. That's powerful. What are your so, thoughts yeah, on that? It's difficult. Is, that, is that what you want this place to be? Well, yes, it's open to the general public to come and see the art. And so you get both aspects you get the actual artists who have become artisans and their approach to different topics and events. So you see represented anywhere from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and then the present. If we bring the kids in, they get a theme and they get to uh, draw as they like. 
we in exchange, La Pena, Cynthia, has a way to frame it and return it to them so that they can take it to their parents. And That's these are beautiful. little chicanitos. That's awesome. That's beautiful. Well, and, and Suzette, I think this is an interesting uh, contrast because um, back 10 years ago, we started Libertaficante Underground Libraries because we said we want our community to have access to those books. And the experience you just broke down and that you just broke down outside of the whim of any administration, little did we know that 10 years later, there'd be this upheaval. And here you are, someone who loves libraries, who loves to educate the community, and you got fired for that, for, for that love, to make sure that everyone had that chance to, to access the American dream through books. So we got to do it ourselves too. So we want people to know that that's one of the reasons we've started these underground libraries is that we want our community to have access. We want folks that love books. I guess I got a bad attitude too. No, <laughs> folks that could be deemed to have bad <laughs> attitudes to say, well, no, we, we need to have these books out, books on our terms. And this is, this is not a replacement for libraries. Right now it's a safe space. And let's be real. Um, if, if you are an undocumented uh, family, you might not want to register at a public library. If you're a child who's a U.S. citizen, but your parents are undocumented, you don't want to put your family at risk. And when things like this happen, you can't trust those institutions. So this is not to replace public libraries. We love librarians. It breaks our hearts to hear how you were treated. But the work you do in the library and did, that also inspires us as well. How can we help you, Suzette? What are some ways that we can help you out at this time right now? Well, the thing is with the public libraries, when you come into the library in Lano, at least, we don't care if you're a citizen or not. We don't care if you're documented or not. We have a whole section of just books that are, are in Spanish and we have bilingual books. We had one patron who came in and she taught herself how to speak English in our library. Wow. And it's, it's not about a specific group. It's about everyone. And everybody should have that access no matter what. And uh, librarians will never judge you if you're not supposed to be here or if you're supposed to be here. Document, and we don't care. I, I love what you said. It, it, it's that idea of being judged or not. Uh, that's powerful. I'd like to bring Christine yeah. back yeah. on. Um, I, you know what? Look at this wonderful movement of women. You know, <laughs> it, it's powerful. Uh, yes. You know, Christine, you know, so next week we look forward to convening with you in the celebration of books. We're going to start a Libertafikantanangaran Library just like this. And we want people to get involved by donating books. Uh, they can volunteer time as well. And, you know, one thing that we do is we let the folks on the ground decide how to hold the books, administer the books. And if they need more, we'll bring some in. Um Christine, tell folks. And by the way, I got to give a shout out to some of the events you're doing. So uh, Max Max Baca is awesome. The Tex Maniacs are fun. That's awesome. Right, <laughs> We're big fans. <laughs> we had him at the Latino Bookstore when his book came out. By the way, very fittingly, his book is called Crossing Borders, <laughs> My Journey in Music. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I've also had the fun of hanging out with, uh, with Max at the um, Accordion Kings and Queens concert here in Houston, Texas. Nice. And here's what I want to give a shout out. Kind of like Suzette was saying, I think, and I want to make something clear. In 2012, when Arizona 
officials banned Mixed American Studies, they saw us as Chicanas and Chicanos defending it because we were being attacked. And I think some people thought, oh, they just want to stick up for Chicana, Chicano rights. That's not the case. So I want to state clearly, just like Suzette, Suzette said, it's for everybody. Just like Lily said, it's for everybody. One, we want everyone to tell the story. And the Accordion Kings and Queens concert with the Czechaholics, the Czech boys, you know, uh, and then you had, uh, you know, uh, Flaco Jimenez. It was like a living ethnic studies class where we all were coming together. And that's the most beautiful thing about Texas, the most beautiful thing about art. And I love that Max has got a book out, but maybe you love him because of his music, but then you're going to be there for the book. And I oh, love that. We're going to make sure copies are donated. So, Christine, is that the kind of party you want to have next Saturday? Absolutely. And what I really wanted Los Tech Maniacs here because they they blend cultures together in their music and they have a lot of German influence. And this is a very German town and they're Mexican-American and they're just blending those polkas together. And it's it's they're going to be great. And his book is just hilarious. I um, read about how when he... He was with the Rolling Stones and Keith Richards had never seen a Bajo Sexo before. <laughs> he wanted the one that Max Baca was playing and he offered him $100,000 for it. And Max said, no way. And he offered him $200,000 for it. And he said, no way. And he kept upping the ante. And Max said, this is my grandfather's. I am not giving this away. <laughs> he goes, but I will find you a Bajo Sexo and I will send it to you. <laughs> this is a lot of neat little anecdotes like that in the in the book and so he'll, he'll be here and i i would like to get him to read from some of the book not just play music but we'll see the music will be great too that's fantastic so we've got okay we mentioned austin san antonio houston now Fredericksburg united uh I, i'd like to give you the last word uh any, anything else we should know about la peña the work you and your sister do here and, and why why is this so important to you? Uh, nonprofits as well do an uh, incredible job at getting them into the stream of seeing Latino art. But not only that, it's just the they have to learn how to do printmaking. They have to learn to either work from the bottom up. And so you have that with Sam Coronado, who started it back in the day, I think uh, there were three people in particular that started Mechiarte and her She's a museum, which also is a gallery for the 50s, 60s, and 70s right now. And her walls are covered with a, an array of artists from San Antonio, from Austin, from uh, all over. And so she is also collecting information as well, like a librarian. So uh, a shout out to Mexiarte because the artists that are there are also doing the blend of foods, uh, taste of Mexico. They're also, they which just took place for Cinco de Mayo, but they also do Dia de los Muertos, which is the event in and of itself, also to show them their roots. So even being Tejano, you have, because you were here before the line got changed, <laughs> uh, you need to know how to go about it. So that pretty much roots you into back in the library to give information as to how to look it up. That's awesome. The PBS also had a special on that as well with Antonia Castaneda and her husband, Arturo Madrid. And they did cover Corpus, Houston, um, all areas in the valley. And they interviewed several people. 
So it doesn't doesn't have to stop because there's a wall built. But how do we counteract it? Is you stay um, connected with people like Tony? Yes, I, I, I love it. <laughs> I, I love it. And this is your free mesh market history class for today. <laughs> and when we have a chance, please stop by La Peña. You mentioned Mexiarte Museum. Uh, the proprietors over there were also uh, we, we were named uh, Latina icons for Austin. And uh, Christine, thank you so much for what you're doing. Uh, look forward to hanging out next Saturday at one. We'll be broadcasting live at that time. Suzette, thank you for all your efforts. We know we know this is a sacrifice. We know this is a hard road. Please know you have a lot of friends and allies now. And guess what? We're gonna win. Hey, Roxana, thank you so much for helping with our multi-platform broadcast. Roxana, shout out to Rodrigo Bravo, our uh, audio producer. That's all for now. We will join you in person next week and uh, pick up a book. Thank you. Thank you.